This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, what's up? We are live on YouTube. Uh, That's Michael Phillips. I'm Craig Hoffman. We talked on our radio show yesterday, or on my radio show yesterday, uh, about (laughs) the commanders. Well, they won't be outbid for uh, Ben Johnson, Michael. We we felt good about that. Um, Apparently, they could be outbid by Ben Johnson's ego uh, or his his agent, his asking price, however you want to put that. Um, and Michael, since we are uh, only on YouTube, this is not going to air on the radio. And the only thing that uh, the only place, the only Odyssey platform, this might appear as a podcast. I can properly ask you the first question, which is, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> I, and, and look, the money is going to be a thing. You remember, was it the Josina Anderson report forever ago? Yeah. Fifteen million dollars, or whatever the wild number was. That's not where this ends if this is about money it doesn't end with with harris on a plane to detroit it ends at the negotiating table 15 right. million is a number you start with is not a number you end with everybody knows that uh was it was it demands was it something look at the end of the day we're going to be asking ourselves for years were they a field goal away from having their coach and this is truly his decision, and, and he's he's backing out of this. Now, clearly the writing had been on the wall for 24, 48 hours, but I find it hard to believe if it's truly about money, it ends not at the negotiating table, but with, with Harris on a plane. Right. This happens, to be clear, before his interview. Like, yeah. they are on the plane right now to Detroit to interview Aaron Glenn, something that will happen. We are yes. live right now in part because I don't, like, you know, sometimes we tape stuff before the show for an afternoon show, but we might have a coach by 5 p.m. So if we plan to chat now and air something at 6 o'clock, it might be dated by then. But the reality is, Michael, like, this is pretty bizarre and the timing and all of it. And and I think it also feels, here. here's the thing that I would say on the front end of this. I think this feels way worse than it is. Um, Ben Johnson was my favorite candidate from go. He is a tremendous coaching candidate. And this, him turning this down doesn't change really my opinion of him that much. You know, I have questions about the professionalism and the timing and all that. And we can get into that and whether that hurts him long-term in a second. But 
there's a reason why he was the favorite. What he offensively brought to the table is incredible. He, his reputation, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, is he a leader? His reputation was, yes, he's absolutely a leader. Um, and the fact that he's on the offensive side of the ball takes away some complications that will exist with some of these other candidates. But, 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 these other candidates are really good. Like, the commanders feel screwed in the moment. They're not actually screwed. They're going to get a good candidate in the end. It's still a good job. But you're fighting Seattle now, too. Seattle wants their guy, and, and we'll see who Seattle wants. Is definitely, uh, look, some of these jobs, you'd say, well, of course you take the Washington job over the Carolina job, over, you know, fill in the blank, the, you know, the Raiders job when that existed. Uh, I don't think that's true of the Seattle job. Certainly Jody Allen, now not Paul, but the Allen family reputation speaks for itself. The resources there, the time allotted speaks for itself. And something we talked about yesterday, which is if Pete Carroll truly stays, you've got a great mentor, a great person who's well dialed into the league, helping you make that transition. I think Seattle's a very good job uh, in the end here. Um, and you're competing against them now for people. The other thing is, uh, and my understanding is it's not gonna be Bobby Slowick, it's a defensive guy now. Uh, unless I'm missing somebody, Eric Bieniemy, I guess, would be the guy I'm missing. Sure. It's going to be a defensive coach now. Uh, I'm not opposed to that. I'm glad the pendulum has swung back a little bit on that. Um, but that does raise complications if you take a quarterback at number two and pair him with a talented offensive coordinator. That guy might be out of the building pretty quickly. Um, of course, the the counter to that from the simplest of arguments is, well, that's exactly what happened in Houston last year. And then they messed around and made the playoffs um, yeah. with that that number two pick and the uh, the defensive head coach, um, which, of course, leads us back to Slowick. Why do you, are you, is this just like Michael, real reporter, end of end of week? You're going back to being just a radio guy. But as you as you wrote up something that'll be on the Washington Times website shortly, uh, you were on the phone with, with some folks right before we hopped on here. What's what's the the piece of info there? No one Slowick. Yeah, I, I don't I don't believe Bobby Slowick uh, is is in the final mix here. Uh, you will that we'll see obviously which way the hunt goes. Um, but my understanding is he's out, which would lead me to believe your three are Quinn McDonald uh, and uh, and look. I don't know if the enemy's in the mix or not. I, I guess we'll uh, we'll say that's that. And and then you know with with the Lions, whatever happens tonight. We'll see what happens with that interview there. So, you know, your, your big two probably are Quinn and McDonald coming in here. Uh, I, I would think with McDonald, I love the guy. Uh, that, you know, it, it couldn't be a bigger contrast, though, which I think is fascinating. I'm just lining up Quinn and McDonald right now, Craig. Quinn yeah. is an experienced head coach who has – you know, a deep network of ties, uh, knows what he wants to do when he's a head coach. Uh, but the ceiling is where the ceiling is with Dan Quinn. Uh, with Mike McDonald, the ceiling feels really limitless right now. This is a guy who took the Kyle Shanahan offense, the best offense in football, and, and destroyed it, tore it to little tiny pieces every time he played it this year. Went against Detroit, tore Ben Johnson's offense to little tiny pieces, and then for his final act, but wait, there's more, held Patrick Mahomes to zero points in the second half of an AFC title game. Uh, look, I don't know if he's a leader. I don't know what kind of staff he could bring. I don't know what kind of offensive coordinator he could bring. That's pretty good just at face value. Yeah, no, it is. Um, so I'm a little disappointed to hear that Slowick is out. Like, again, I'm not going to be mad at these other guys and I might rank them ahead anyway, but I, I will say when I was talking to Nick Wagner, uh, of who 
covers the 49ers when they hired Peters and obviously Slowick came from San Francisco. He had me really excited about Slowick in like a Sean McVay kind of way where you're like, it's probably a little early, but like maybe it's not and he's got it and he'll figure it out. Um, so that kind of sucks uh, if, if you're a Bobby Slowick guy, but is what it is. Um, yeah, the Quinn McDonald thing is interesting. Glenn is, I would say, probably an outside shot, but who knows what happens in this interview. He's a dynamic, dynamic person, as we saw in Hard Knocks a couple years ago. Yeah. So maybe he blows them away. And then Anthony Weaver should be mentioned as well, yes. the D-line coach. And also, I think it's important. He has the assistant head coach title uh, in Baltimore. So some of the administrative type of stuff, he probably helps John Harbaugh out with and kind of understands that head coaching role. Um, so here's, I'm, I'm just going to lay out more uh thoroughly the pros and cons the way I see them uh, in the way that you just did. Right. So Quinn is a guy that I feel really good about, um, which I know is an unpopular opinion because he is a retread. But when he left Atlanta, he was fairly clear eyed about what went wrong and the things he wasn't clear eyed about. He made calls to find, to figure out. Dan Quinn, amongst other people, called Logan Paulson, uh, which I know because I do a podcast multiple times a week with Logan Paulson was like, Hey, Logan, like, I'm just trying to kind of get a sense of what you think went wrong because you're a vet, you've been around this league, and I respect your opinion. And I would guess there were a lot more significant calls than Logan Paulson. And all due respect to Logan, Logan would yeah. agree with that sentiment. But like the idea that he wasn't like, oh, I got screwed. Like, no, he understood that when Kyle left, things went sideways. Mm -hmm. um, he probably stretched himself too thin in some certain areas. They made some mistakes on the roster. And I think he, he really understood that. Um, I think defensively, like, and the thing that I like about him on the pro side is Logan said of all of his stops in the NFL, that's the best culture he's ever been a part of. Dan Quinn knows how to make people enjoy coming to work, work hard, and ultimately get results. And, you know, he backed up his coaches. Like, Matt Ryan's best season was because Dan empowered Kyle to push back on Matt Ryan a little bit. And there were times that those two butted heads and, you know, Kyle, they, they had a, like a lot of that is on those two men, but like Dan Quinn allowed that to happen. Dan Quinn didn't come in and be like, who are you, Kyle Shedahan? I'm going to undercut you and you listen to the franchise quarterback. He's like, no, nah, he's your coach. You guys figure it out. Um, so I do think that there is a lot to like about Quinn in that regard. I will say the idea of bringing kind of the Ravens mentality here to DC is more appealing to me. It's not just the youth of McDonald. It is that kind of hard noseness. I know this is a lot the argument that people make for Bienemy, but like we they gave Bienemy more power here this year. It went terribly. So miss me with that. But on McDonald, like the idea that this dude has grown up in the Baltimore organization, in a way it's a positive that he only knows one way to do things. And if he has the personality in the way that John Harbaugh does to encapsulate those things in a healthy way and and embody the t or bring the toughness bring kind of that discipline bring those things and he very clearly knows how to use talent that is super intriguing last thing real quick because uh, i'm now getting very long-winded in my pros and cons list uh, and michael is just sitting there smiling and laughing along um the con is he's only been in baltimore and that limits his network i don't know what his staff looks like and that yeah. scares the bejesus out of me but the way you're hearing about the reporting on his interviews, he seems to have those answers, and thus my uh, my bejesuses are unscared. 
I, I think the staff is the big question mark there for sure. If he's hired, though, it's going to be with a plan and it's going to be with the staff, as you mentioned, somebody coming in and doing that. Uh, fun tidbit, Dan Quinn and Mike Tomlin worked together on the VMI football staff for Virginia Military Institute. We'll pull uh, pull, that, pull that one out for Michael you. Get, get, Phillips, hey now. Get a little Steelers in the mix for you there, too, uh, along the way. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it. With with Quinn, I, I don't have a problem with with the retread. I I, I love the the culture element of it as well. Um, you know, the, the question is ultimately what where where does the group go from here? Were they blindsided by this? Um, you know, were they expecting this? Right? You heard kind of that Schefter noise over the last twelve hours. Not a done deal, uh, which is certainly all the more intriguing now that it's not a done deal by any stretch. Um, what was it about this job that Ben Johnson? Uh, you know, didn't love or, or wanted to come back to Detroit or, or whatever it is. Uh, long term for him, I don't know that this impacts him. I, I, I Look, if he's good next year, people are going to want him to be their head coach. And if he's bad next year, the, the noise will quiet around him. That's how every NFL vacancy works every year. It's such a long season. You forget what happens between point A and point B. Also, uh, they just won't care. Like, if, yeah. as long as he accepts their offer, they don't give a rip what he did to the commanders or the Seahawks. Bingo. Um, your your statement about McDonald, though, to to roll back to that. Um, at the Adam Peters press conference, uh, one of his final answers was somebody asked him about timetables, and he said, "Look, I don't know how long it's going to take. We're going to do it the right way. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I know this: from week one, you're going to feel us. You're going to feel our team, and we're going to be tough, and we're going to be physical. Uh, that 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 to me, while was just an answer at a press conference, that doesn't mean everything." Uh, if, if you're reading that quote on a piece of paper, the thought bubble that pops up is Mike McDonald. Yeah, no, I think that's that's true. Um, on the kind of com where the commanders sit now organizationally, I will say this. I pulled up. I'm going to try to share this uh, screen real quick, and uh, hopefully it doesn't go terribly as I'm going to do this on the fly. But uh, Logan and I used this uh, when we did our job openings a couple of weeks ago. And you will notice if I scroll over here, Seattle and Washington, the top two lines. Well, that was pressure, Craig. Good job. Um, there's a significant gap in how good these jobs are um, when you take all of these situations. The ownership situation in Seattle is in flux because Jody Allen's going to sell it the next couple of years. They have no cap space. Um, their draft capital is obviously not as good as Washington's. And when you add up the Seattle stuff, like that was, we had that as tied for the second or sorry, third worst job on the market. Um, obviously Carolina was the worst Vegas yeah. and, and new England, um, et cetera. So I think it is worth pointing out that, you know, Washington, you know, it compared to Seattle, I feel good about, unless there's something that McDonald really likes about Seattle with their defensive personnel and kind of the following in Pete Carroll's footsteps there. But I think, more in a vacuum just to bring it back to Washington. This is the first bit of adversity of the Harris era, non like we're still employing people from the old era related, which yeah. I, I put the entire actual football season in that bubble. Like yeah. that was a Ron Rivera and company problem. Um, that was going back to, to the Snyder era in terms of the, you know, getting the fan base to turn out for things, you know, on a marketing sense, obviously hiring Adam Peters literally went as good as it possibly could. You got the number one guy on the market by like Tuesday or whatever it was, um, like Friday, whatever the, the day was that they hired yeah. him after black Monday. Like, d does this, does this like 
you think poke a hole in the optimism? And I won't even ask like for you to speak on behalf of the fan base. For you, does this poke a hole in any of the optimism at all that finally things have not gone perfectly at every turn? Yeah, I don't look. I I thought it was going to be Ben Johnson. I really wanted it to be Ben Johnson. Um, the, to the extent there's a negative here, Raheem Morris is off the board. I really yeah. like Raheem Morris. Um, that was my second favorite candidate. That yeah, sucks. I think so. And and I don't know if he would have taken this over Atlanta. Uh, I I defer to the spreadsheet, which says this is a better job. But uh, Raheem <laughs> Morris can do whatever Raheem Morris wants to do. Obviously, uh, I think they will still end up with a quality candidate. I agree with you. The fan base will want McDonald of the remaining options. I think um, there will probably be a slow portion, but I, I think in a Quinn McDonald head-to-head, the fan base will want McDonald. Uh, I'm here to tell you, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily correct. I, I think both have the potential to be very good NFL coaches. Um, I, I think to suggest there's a clear-cut right answer between the two of those is to buy into the hype. Um, I think both of them have the potential to be very good NFL coaches if surrounded by the right support system. Yeah, I, I guess also, though, the other part of this is, you know, we said we don't think next year this will really hurt Ben Johnson, but like it is pretty unprofessional. And I think it's that's absolutely fair criticism of him to say like, hey, uh, I know you guys are on the plane and I know you're also talking to Aaron, but I'm out. So you can cancel your interview portion with me. Yeah. I think it does like it does make Washington look like they got caught with their pants down a little bit. But even if that's not realistically what happened, like what happened is Ben Johnson did something that is unprofessional. Washington has had this interview scheduled for weeks. Um, and I realize we're also on Tuesday after he lost on Sunday. Maybe he needed a day and this was kind of it. Um, but at the end of the day, like I, I do think this this feels chaotic in a way that is familiar. Anything that feels familiar feels terrible because we know what familiar is for the last 25 years here. But I, I would tell fans that it's fine. They're going to be fine. This is not actually a reflection of Harris or Peters or anybody. This is the kind of stuff that sometimes happens in a very silly NFL world. Yeah, tease it out a little bit, right? Uh, what are your possible reasons here? If you wait until they get on the plane, they have to come interview Aaron Glenn, right? There's no there's no backing out of That's that. That's it. Ben, the Ben Johnson good teammate theory. The good teammate theory, sure. Um, I think he would have come to interview Aaron Glenn. Um, here's another theory for you. He was worried about being in a room with them. He was worried that if he got in a room with them, they weren't going to leave the room until they talked him into it, and he didn't want to be talked into it, um, right? We're, sometimes we forget we're dealing with humans here. Um, and, and maybe that was his game was like he had been the, the the meter had been tilting back towards. I think I want to stay in Detroit. And this morning he realized like the, this guy is the ultimate salesman, right? Josh Harris. He, he talked Adam Peters into leaving San Francisco, which everybody said he couldn't do. If I get in a room with him, maybe I'm going to agree to be Washington commander's head coach. And maybe I don't want to take that risk with my career right now. Um, Maybe he his ask was too much and, and the back and forth had already started with the agent and it was, you're not going to get personnel say, you're not going to get the 53, whatever it is. And uh, the statement back was, well, don't bother coming then. And they didn't, you know, he, he put out the statement. Maybe it was, we've fallen in love with McDonald yesterday. Uh, just know he's the favorite. Uh, what, whatever it might be, um, it's a chaotic process. Uh, this is the first thing they haven't been able to control in terms of the timing and the messaging in real time. This is only a story, though, until they hire a their coach, at which point that becomes the story, or in, unless it devolves further, in which case this is the first domino. I don't think that's going to happen here. Right. And even, you know, oh, my God, they're going to be left without a coach because Seattle could hire McDonald. Again, if you wind up with Dan Quinn, like you're in a good spot. Um, I, I, 
I think that would be the first fan base miss. Um, but I think you and I are in agreement. Dan Quinn's a good football coach. He is. Um, you know, I, do I have concerns? Of course. Uh, but like Dan Quinn is beloved by his players for a reason. Um, and I have different concerns about McDonald. Um, and I, I'm so fascinated. Like I want, I want McDonald to be clear. Um, and part of the reason I want McDonald is because I want to see what he does. Like, I want to see what staff he hires. Like it would be fun for us as observers and as media and as fans to be like, so let's see your staff. Like, can we get, you know, someone said, uh, last week, like, can we get hard knocks on the interview process? That's what we need, Michael. That would, that would be wild. Uh, that would be a ton of fun. Um, by the way, so since Adam Schefter was proven right with his Pat McAfee comments yesterday, the second uh -huh. half of that statement was don't count out Bill Belichick, even though they haven't talked to him yet. I don't think Bill oh, Belichick's going to be the coach, but I wonder about Vrabel too, because Vrabel was highly thought of in a lot of circles. Um, if now that he's seen that he's not going to get what he wants, if he maybe pops back into the picture, I don't think that's likely. Um, but I, I do think the potential for Vrabel to reenter the picture is is intriguing at this point as well. Yeah. So let's go to the the what's next bit of this. And I'm just I'm quickly perusing Twitter to make sure we're not missing anything more uh, more breaking. It doesn't look like I, the, it. Uh, the the comments agree with me. They don't that the fan base doesn't want Dan Quinn. Um, I, I don't think the fan base wants Dan Quinn. No, that is uh, so. It would also be interesting because it would be the first open break that Josh Harris makes with the fan base if he hires Dan Quinn. It would be the first thing of like, I hear y'all. Just know I'm the professional guy, and I'm gonna do what I want, like. I'm gonna pick the guy I want to pick here. He'd really be staking his reputation on that. Uh, to yeah. A uh, Pat Pat says, "Is Vince Lombardi available?" And I'm gonna tell Pat, "No, he's dead." Uh, but is but. the last person to not be fired or resign from the Washington coaching job just died in the chair. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, again, proving my point that he's dead and thus he's, <laughs> he's unavailable. Um, you know, um, Dan, Dan are, Quinn will have zero support going in like from who though. And that, this is the I, thing that I will say real quick to the fans is like, I hear you. I hear you that it is not as exciting as getting the young, new hot name, especially the young, new hot coaching name, but support, like he would have support of guys like John Allen. Uh, he'd have support, by the way, John Allen, uh, special guest at our 106.7 fan versus the team 980 live event tickets on sale now, but that's the theater.com. Uh, but like, I think Terry McLaurin would love Dan Quinn. Like, I think a lot of the players here would like Dan Quinn a lot and he would have the support of Adam Peters for sure. And if he won football games, the fans would get on board. That is why, uh, fans are fans, um, which I don't say in a, in a derogatory way. It's just that, the truth is if, if someone wins, you get behind him. And if not, you know, if Ben Johnson came here uh, before this whole snafu that got us on a YouTube live, uh, if, if Ben Johnson came here and he stunk people who were super excited on the day he's hired would, would be out. So dude, dude that's first the nature the, of it. First time the quarterback throws a, a touchdown pass during training camp. We're all back in. I get that. Um, I think in the same way that you and I see Dan Quinn, and see something different than the fan base. I think the fan base sees Eric Bieniemy and sees something different than we do. I think that would be a sneaky popular pick uh, among a decent segment of the fan base. I'm not saying it'll happen, but I think we sleep on how popular he is. Or if or if it's a defensive coach keeping him as the offensive coordinator. Um yeah, I think it's possible. I just think it's unlikely. I think that the like my my line on on Bieniemy is this. Um he came here to do a job. It's the most power he's ever had in a job to prove that he could do such a job and he failed. 
So what is there to talk about there? Um, and by the way, the, the, for a, lo- a long time this year, the argument was, well, uh, Kansas City's struggling without him. Kansas City's in the bleeping Super Bowl. So there's that. Um, on, oh God, what was I going to say? Um, um, oh, Vrabel. Vrabel is the one that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I like Vrabel a lot. He's a dynamic leader. He brings the toughness, all the things. I would say the reason I'm less inclined on Vrabel is the offensive history of everyone out of the Belichick tree is terrible. Like, absolutely god-awful. Vrabel's actually had the most success, and it was when Arthur Smith was there, and it was with a style of football that not really... uh, not really, or doesn't feel very repeatable in, in moving forward in the NFL, uh, unless you can go find a Derrick Henry, um, which who's like a generational talent at running back. So I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm good with McDonald. Quinn is is right there. Um, and again, like you know, I saw a comment that was like, oh, it's he, he sounds like trying to justify Rivera. No, like I, I, I talked to enough football people that Quinn, Quinn greater than sign Rivera in a major way in in terms of the dynamics of, of personality and kind of his deeper understanding of the game. He's not a, he's not a narrative chaser in the same way. Um, but we'll see. Um, I still think, you know, the Baltimore stuff is just too intriguing for me. McDonald's my favorite moving forward. I wish Morris was still available. That's that to me is the big loss of the situation is I think if, uh, if you don't, or if you know, Johnson's out from the beginning, you're more aggressive on Raheem and that sucks that you miss out on him, but that's, that's kind of where I, I sit today. Can I throw an unvetted name into the pile? Sure. Mike Kafka, Giants offensive coordinator. Intriguing, not that interested. Um, I, I, why is that? Uh, are, you, are you looking at your phone? Your phone? I am looking at my phone. Uh, interviewed very well in Seattle. I mean, Seattle can have him. I, I think Kafka's impressive. Um, Kafka did a really good job along with Dable last year. Um, Daniel Jones kind of sucked again this year. And then they made DeVito. Like, they made Tommy DeVito into a serviceable NFL quarterback for a couple weeks. That's impressive. I, I just had spent 0% of my brain power on Mike Kafka. And uh, so to get a text with his name caught me off guard. Yeah, I mean... I tend to think though that like they they cast such a wide net initially. I don't think there's going to be new. I don't think there's going to be new names introduced. It would it would surprise. I will say this though. I uh, wouldn't mind him going to Seattle because that frees up one uh, Mr. Michael McDonald to uh, yes to do whatever he wants. He, like a bidding war over McDonald is is not a great place to be because um, because it says that you might not get the guy you're all in on when you get to that phase. So anything that. Uh, that leads uh, leads you to uh, lead Seattle away from him. I think is a good thing right now. Yeah, um, and unfortunately for Washington, you know how this goes. Like, oh, he's in the building. Like McDonald is in Seattle right now. Um, so that's why that. that's why I love their chances with Ben Johnson to bring this thing full circle. They were going to be in the building with Ben Johnson tonight. Last last dance on the card. Um, I I don't. Look, we'll do the postmortems. We'll talk to everybody. We'll see what went down. Um, look, the media is going to sh- shoulder their their share of the blame here because uh, I know on my show we told people uh, that we that I think Ben Johnson's the favorite. Um, 
I think if they were in a room with Ben Johnson tonight, he was going to leave as head coach of the Washington Commanders. Uh, they never got a chance to be in the room. We'll never know that. Uh, we'll never know what would have happened if the Lions had kicked a stupid field goal instead of and, and made it uh, or thrown the ball on on third down. Um, maybe life is different right now. Um, it's it's a game of inches, as they say. Um, but I, I do think that uh, I do think that it was not incorrect to report that they were hot and heavy on Ben Johnson. Yes. Um, we, we can end with um, we can end with uh, the sentiment of Steve Wilkes, the 49ers defensive coordinator who tweeted out, uh, it happened to be a Bible verse. I'm not trying to get religious on people. I'm going for the sentiment, not the source. Uh, but he, he talked about how when he got passed over for the commander or the, the Panthers job last year, it turned out to be a blessing. He winds up in the Super Bowl, uh, obviously coaching for the 49ers. So maybe this turns out to be a blessing in disguise. Maybe Ben Johnson wasn't the guy and, and McDonald or whoever they hire is the right guy. So, you know, you just you just never know with these things. Felt felt bad or feels bad might wind up being good. Uh, Michael will have much more on this tomorrow on his show, 10 a.m. to noon. Uh, of course, that is on 910 The Fan in Richmond, which you can listen to nationwide on the free Odyssey app. And about... An hour and change from right now. Much more on this on the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. That streams here on YouTube over on the Team 980's page. And, of course, well, we're a radio show, so we're on your radio. 980 AM, uh, 106.7 HD2 in D.C. and nationwide also on that same free Odyssey app. Uh, make sure you're subscribed if you're not right now. The button's, the button's right there. Click it with your, your little yeah. finger, and uh, we'll, see you, we'll see you sometime down the road uh, here on... I guess this is kind of the Hoffman show on on the YouTubes. That's Michael. I'm Craig. See ya.